Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think the celebration uh, in, both, in both sides was a really good celebration. And, uh, <laughs> yes, and a run and then a jump. Uh, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, you can understand... Uh, uh about this celebration um yeah the the feeling uh, about us and about Chelsea for this game because I repeat I think this game is uh, is an, an important game for both both, both clubs Antonio Conte who is now in at Tottenham back in English football today Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at Aestetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. It is episode 76. It is Chelsea 2, Tottenham Hotspur 2, a big point at the bridge. And I've got three of my friends alongside to talk about an eventful, eventful game for the Spurs. Uh, Todd, the t- at TC underscore Kashow, the Todd father himself is alongside. Todd, what's going on, man? Dude, any day. Any day that you get a, bri- a point at the fucking bridge is a good day. Oh, man. And in the best possible way, we showed fight. We showed emotion. We showed hunger. We showed a backbone at the bridge. For the first time in a long time, and it felt fucking amazing. It really, really did. Uh, if you can't tell, my voice is a little hoarse today because I decided to join the Arizona Spurs at F- Fibber McGee's, and uh, we were yelling a lot, and that is a thing that happened. Shout out to AZ Spurs. Dakota is also with us at Dakota J Booth on the socials. Dak, how are you, man? Hard to not be okay after getting a point, especially with the way that we played which is going to be huge uh, moving forward to play like trash and to still walk out of that place with the result, something to cling on to for the rest of the season, hopefully. Yeah. I got to tell you something. You know what I think about that? We don't care. (laughs) We don't care. (laughs) We do not care. We do not care. (laughs) Shuban is also with us. He is at the real Shuban. Shubes, how'd you take that one in, mate? Um, it's really hard, but right now in Chelsea, Hampton, Fulham, there's a whole bunch of boiled pissed, and it's fucking glorious. <laughs> it's fucking glorious indeed. Uh, I, I, we had to take a few hours, honestly, after this game. All of us kind of collect ourselves, get let our voices get back to a reasonable level to where we could all speak into microphones on a podcast and do this thing. Um, holy shit, what a game! Like, I, I don't even know. Where to start? So many things happened. Let's start like we normally do, um, which there's not even really a whole lot to talk about, Todd, but the lineup was the same as last week, which I think is something that we all expected. Um, but other than that, man, like, like t- take, us, take us through. Where do we even go with this thing? This was an this is, absolute ass-kicking. This was exactly what I thought it was going to look like, to be entirely fair, and it sucks. Um, I thought that Conte was going to cut him out and try to low block and counter. And that's exactly what the fuck he did. And Chelsea double teamed the shit out of our wings. And as soon as they did, we didn't have anybody in the middle of the park rotating to help out. And so we just got shut down and turned the ball over. I watched that countless times after we started out pretty solid. So like the, the first 10 minutes, I didn't hate what I saw. But at that point in time, when we were out the ball to Sessegnon, who had a 
fucking howler today. It was a tough stretch for Ryan Sessignon today. It was. And uh, and Decky, who was largely, you know, he just still did Decky things and bossed people around because he's Decky and it was awesome. But he definitely wasn't the offensive productive force that we've come to know. And that's because he had two guys on him every time he touched the ball. So there was no one rotating to the middle. And it really left a giant chasm in the in in midfield for Spurs. Then that wasn't something that uh, we were going to overcome lightly. The other thing that was really uh, a hard thing to watch is that we conceded yet another fucking goal from a set piece. And it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm, we, we also got a couple back today and I, and I appreciate that. But um, every time we go into important games, it's always one of my biggest fears, Andrew, that we're going to concede a set piece goal in front of a home crowd and then have to like go that extra 15% just to get a draw. Do you know what I mean? Well, and not only that, but you know, when you look at the end result in terms of just corners alone, you know, Chelsea, I think at one point had seven to Spurs, none, and it ended eight, five, but it was, it was way more lopsided than the eight, five looked at. I think like four of those for Spurs came within the final five to 10 minutes when they were really pushing. Um, it was a lot of set pieces too, which was the big thing. It's interesting what you say about the midfield, and this is kind of something I wanted to harp on, and it ties weirdly into Sessegnon's game, which you also mentioned. You know, I did not think I, – I thought Bentoncourt was not great. He was good, not great. I thought Poibier was really good in this game, though, and I yes, know that's something was. that you can He was the man of the match. He was the he, man he of the match. Was, he was for me as well, and obviously he scored, at, which, is, which is great, and that's not even what I'm looking for out of him, but – the midfield was overrun because of tactics, not because they played poorly. And it was it was overrun because I felt like the the two really big important pieces of this entire match, and you brought it up. I thought they were Ruben Loftus Cheek and Reese James on that right side, just pressing the shit out of Sun and Sessignon and pushing them back. Really, really neutralized both of those guys and did not allow them to go anywhere. And when you're able to take those two guys out, that midfield has nowhere to go. There's no outlet for them on that on that side. You're eliminating half the pitch. That was what I saw from at least from the tactics of it. Um, and and you know, Chuban had even mentioned uh, in in before the before the match started, like. Wow, Reese, Reese James is going to be playing right center back. That's a little different, but yeah, it really, really worked for them. Yeah, I think for me too. If you're going to try to neutralize one half of our field, that's probably the half that you want to do uh, with Sun and Sessegnon because that's where the speed is. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a lot, a lot more difficult for us to bomb passes down down the pitch and have Kulisevsky and Royale running onto them versus. Son and Sessignon. So I think today was it was kind of weird because you saw Kane not dropping as deep as quickly or as soon as maybe we're used to him doing. And I think that was maybe to try to draw the midfield away to give Benton Kerr and Hoybier some time to receive a pass and then play it. But Chelsea was just playing such a high line that wasn't really working. It wasn't possible. So Eventually, we did kind of switch up gears and move to more of a four-four-two or four-two-two-two, whatever you want to call it. And then we saw Chelsea switch things up too. So it was a, a really interesting, really cool uh, tactical battle that went on. Really and I really love that, but I'm not enjoying it right now. I'm going to rewatch the game back and probably enjoy that. But during the match, it was really, really frustrating. And Todd, you mentioned a set piece goal. I'm not really upset with the set piece goal we gave up today because if you meant to whip in a, a cross for a volley to your center back, good, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> but that goal was incredible. And I don't even know if that, that was, was anybody, if that was anybody's fault necessarily. Well, he was, he was just, unmarked Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. Which it, what, what I saw was that was Emerson's man. Emerson cheated as though Koulibaly was going to the back post. Koulibaly didn't right. go to the back post and he was yeah. wide open for that ball to volley it in. Yeah. And like if that was if if I've got to cheat against a bigger man uh That's in that right. moment, I'm gonna cheat to the back post. I'm not gonna cheat to him standing back there and firing <laughs> a, a 15-yard volley or uh, whatever. Like yeah, so point oh five XG from that shot. Uh, which you would think normally is the lowest XG from a goal scored on a day, but not today. Pierre's <laughs> Pierre's XG from his shot was 0.04. Uh, so got him, 
what got him strike. by a little bit. Yeah, and what a moment! Pierre scored has scored some really clutch goals for us in the last uh, the last couple seasons. Uh, I'm thinking of the one of li- the one against Liverpool, um, and there's one along, against Manchester United. Yeah, along with this one. So, um, yeah, you guys have said it. Pierre, man of the match today. Uh, a lot of the stuff he does gets overlooked. I think it's hard to overlook it today. I want to get back to the tactics discussion for a second, too, because like you said, the fact that he changed it uh, with the substitution, bringing on Richarlison, and I I also want to get on Richarlison because I thought that was a massive sub. Um, And, you know, his numbers might not look great or whatever, but I thought he brought an energy to the team when he came on. And when he came on for Cessnion, obviously it changed the formation. But then after he made the later subs in the 79th minute, they changed back to three at the back, which I thought was a really strange move and a strange decision. Cause in, in the time in between after Perisic had come on and when they were playing a back four, it looked like we had the better of it. It looked like we were pressing better and, you know, just had a lot more attacking prowess and attacking energy. So that was, that was what was confusing to me, but obviously it all, you know, with the late goal, it all worked out in the end, but you know, that goal, that we scored to to the first equalizer, rather the Hoybier goal that that came because of that substitution and, and moving to a back four and, and really pressing with, with both Richarlison and Kane up top to me, at least that's what I saw. Um, I don't know. It was really weird. Harry Brooks, um, shout out to him on Twitter. He actually said like we should move to a four, four, two diamond. And I don't know if that's what we move to, but um, definitely you could see that, we weren't being, I don't know, maybe I think it was more of a narrow 4-4-2 if that made any sense. I think that helped us keep the ball. But I don't know, it just seemed that Richardson came on. I mean, Son didn't have his best game. I mean, he'll, he'll get an assist with a high bear goal, but he just, things just weren't going well, well for him that day. And the one thing that, um, I don't know if you've heard of Karen Carney, she's like, a, she won the, she's a very prominent uh, footballer here. And she basically said on the Sky broadcast that, Basically, what I said going into that, that Chelsea didn't have a natural number nine and Spurs have increased their depth. So when things weren't working out, you know, Conte could make changes because Chelsea should have easily been outside. I mean, that Reese James, he was my man of the match. Scored a goal, should have set up at least another goal. And he, um, yeah, I mean, I think he defensively was outstanding. I mean, I mean, obviously, I don't know how Kyle Walker gets into that team anymore. Things ain't so I reach James though. He just is that good. Yeah, no, I think that's a good shout. And he should have had another goal. Kai Havertz, who I've often said without that Champions League final winner, uh, is Timo Werner. Um flashed a shot wide that I'm not I'm still to this day, I don't know how it didn't go in the back of the net, Andrew. Um, so you're absolutely right. Reese James was a boss. He was, as Andrew put it, all in our ass, I believe, is the way that we started our pod today. Um, it was a lot. Yeah, and you know, with the switching, with with the switching of the formations too, it really is an example of how five subs can work out. And Spurs, if I'm not mistaken, only used four of them today. But that is a real a real example of how much you can change the team in one game. You can basically go from starting a back five to then switching to a back four and then going back to a back five when you feel it necessary because of the personnel that you have available. Um, And I just thought that was, I don't know, very interesting. By the way, Ben Davis with the assist on the Hoybier goal, it wasn't Sonny, making him the ninth different goal contributor goals and assists that we've had through two games, which is bonkers. Um, that is insane for having only scored six goals and one of them was an own goal. So that's, that's a little crazy. <laughs> nine, speaking, go nine, nine goal contributions and Harry Kane only has one of either. One of them. One of them. Unreal. Yes. That's outstanding stuff. Another uh, interesting stat that I'm a big fan of is that we have four points uh, that we did not have at this juncture of the season last year. So I will take Another very, very good point. And, and another stat that I found, um, scored more goals today at Stamford Bridge, two, than in the previous seven games overall against Chelsea, one. Yeah. Uh, that is called lifting a little bit of a, of a, of a monkey off your back in, in, in terms of, of this opponent. And that's actually what I wanted to get into next because I kind of t- I was chatting with you guys in our group chat earlier this week, just thinking 
God, what a stamp this could be, this game. And it's not something we really got dug too deep into on the podcast last week because we were talking about the opener and a great win against Southampton. But this was a real rubber stamp type of game. And the fact that it went so poorly on the pitch, but Spurs still got a result, it just says so much about the moxie of this club and the overall kind of page that has been turned in my mind with this manager and the on all these signings and it was like I don't know there was something about this game to me that was gonna you know you've got Manchester City and Liverpool at the top of the league chasing a title and then the next two teams are Chelsea and Spurs and this was gonna be like a this was either gonna be a same shit different day kind of match or it was gonna be a no we're here to to, to play like we're here to you know, we're here to fuck around and we're not, we're not backing down. And even though Spurs kind of got their ass kicked up and down the pitch, the scoreboard said two, two at the end. And that's like the important part to me. I, I don't know, Todd, what are your thoughts on that? Because like, to me, like I said, this was a put your foot down in, in sand and say, no, we're not going to take this shit anymore. That's very much how it felt. Now I've often said that this, this is a tale of two seasons and, and it, it really is the, the, the before the world cup and after the world cup. And this match is the one that I had circled on my calendar to tell me everything that I needed to know about this team for the rest of the season until, until we break for the world cup. Sure. And what I learned today is that um, what I already knew, Okay, so, so just a handful of things. There's always three, right? So the first thing that I learned is Romero's a fucking badass. And there is no question he is a legitimate, not only Rolls-Royce defender, but he will fuck you up. And we can talk about it if you want to. We uh, have to. We have to talk about it. <laughs> All right. The second thing that I learned is that um, we're finding out what clutch means under Conte. And that's a very anti-Spursy thing to talk about is Tottenham being clutch. And I think that that is absolutely a direct effect of the third thing, which is I will run through a fucking brick wall for Antonio Conte. And so will everybody else with a cockerel in their chest. That guy is an absolute menace on a soccer pitch in all ways, shapes and form. And I love every part of it. Give me more. Shubhan, before we get into the Romero of it all and him trying to find Antonio Conte, um, a new hairpiece, uh, what, what were your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that idea of like, this was a rubber stamp match and this was like, no, put your foot down. We're not going to be pushed around anymore. And yeah, it was just a draw and they got their ass kicked, but still this was to me like a bit, this, this match said a lot about Spurs intent for this season. You know what Jose said we need to be for 90 minutes. We were that. We were that. That's what we had to be. And whether, you know, whether it be the Benton core tackle, which it was a clean tackle. It, obviously, from the angle I had, from my story, I didn't see when the ball, oh my God, that's, that's a free kick to them. But when you see it from the other side, the way, the way the referee saw it, it's a clean, he wins the ball. And that's what you need. You need to play to that. But you know what? This is what Conte does. You need someone. This time last year, we, we saw what happened when we went down goal against Chelsea, heads went down. We just couldn't get, we couldn't make any changes at all. Things were not happening. We didn't have Romero then either. But we have Romero now. We have the ability to force change. And, you know, it's just that metal. I mean, you know, they talked about Spurs having that weak underbelly and possibly going to get rid of it. And to be fair, to a large extent, he did. I think we are mentally stronger. That Spurs that we had under Harry Redknapp, Martin Yell, great Spurs teams. They weren't as mentally strong as the one we have now. But the difference is, is that he can go to that bench and he can bring on other mentally strong players. Like, like, like TC said, that will go for a brick wall for the manager. And but at the end, you know, we see people say, oh, we celebrated, oh, you're celebrating a draw at, I don't know, um, at, at the bridge. Arsenal's still celebrating with their ass kicked by Man City back in January. <laughs> so, you know I mean? It's about, you know what, I'll take it. I've got, well, I've, you know what? The Bridges have never been, I'm always there. I've been, I think, 30 years. We've won there twice in 30 yeah. plus years. This will boil their piss, but you know what? You've got, what I like about that is that the mentality it showed that it was 96 minutes. We, you know, we were still pushing, we were still challenging. 
And that free kick guy, whoever our new set piece guy is, he earned his corn that day. There may not be on set pieces that we can see, or scoring from set pieces, or we can, you know, it's a good, okay. it's a good header. And that's what you need at that last minute. Man, and let me tell you, the Paris' delivery was, I, you couldn't have asked for a better ball. It was incredible. So I, I don't know that there was anything sweeter about today than those scummy clowns singing Tottenham <laughs> Get Battered and then walking home with a point. Like, I, it just made me very, very happy. And the fact that it was Harry Kane, they got that so that we don't have to hear the Harry Kane doesn't score in August bullshit start to rumble because you knew it was coming. And everybody's a winner. Well, let's let's get into that, though, because if we're being honest with ourselves, Tottenham uh, are not only lucky, they're horseshoe up their ass lucky to have gotten that point today because of okay so here's my thing gotta take it gotta take gotta take it gotta take it and not gonna give it back in week 38 when you're looking back at the schedule are you gonna remember how squeaky your bum was walking out of this first of all yes i am but but secondly you're gonna remember (laughs) most people will not sir and what i will say is most people look at that go yeah they got a point at the bridge and then kept it moving yeah, first of all, we will because we're going to see that image of Christian Romero yanking a, a Sideshow Bob's head down to the ground. Um, it's more Sideshow Mel. It's, it's more Sideshow Mel, to be fair. It's, yeah, I, fair. I mean, we just, he, he almost, I, I think there may have been a bone in there. I don't know. It was just, I don't really know exactly what that guy brings to the table. Um, other than, uh, I, I don't know. There's a lot of people that really rate him. I was never one. I thought that he had one good season at Brighton and, and I didn't really see much else. So it doesn't surprise me that he got under like those type of locks. Like Romero's a hair puller. Let's just call it what it is. My man, my man, my man's got a, got a thing or two for, uh, for yanking on the back of somebody's head. So it's not surprising that that happened. I just, uh, I wasn't sure what the context was going to be. <laughs> so the the funny part about it is Anthony Taylor is right there and they they also review it and nothing comes of it which is baffling to me because clearly that's a not only a foul but it's a it's a booking it's po- possibly and probably a red card um and it's ball going the other way oh. and all of these things are true but all, like I said before we ain't going back they're not going to replay it uh, it's a point in the book and it's done, but like, well, holy shit, that's, you that could also, wild. you could also argue that Ruben Loftus-Cheek tackling fucking Sonny in the first half was a straight red as well. So, and to say that Anthony Taylor may have had a bald man's bias in that moment is, is not something <laughs> that I'm going to assert, but I will say that some may have asserted it. Well, and there was also an image from earlier in the game. I think it was like inside of five or ten minutes of is, is it is it Cucurella? Cucurella? Cucurella. Cucurella. I'm not even going to try. I was just going to call him Sideshow Bob, but I figured I'd give a stab <laughs> at it. Uh, there's an image of him st- stamping on on Cootie, on, yep. on, on, his, on his knee, on his thigh. And yep. like, you know, you think Romero's going to forget something like that? So, no. look, I, I'm, I'm not the eye for an eye type. I'm the go out and beat him on the pitch type. But holy shit, like, how do you not see that, Anthony Taylor? I, I'm, I'm glad you didn't, but holy smokes. Like, that was, that was really, really ridiculous. Uh, go ahead, Dak. Yeah, the thing, the thing now is knowing all of that, we still have to be wary and, you know, hope that the Premier League has some common sense about them, which is maybe a big hope at this point that they're not going to go back and review it and retroactively give some sort of suspension, which would be absolutely ridiculous because the referee didn't make the call. 
VAR didn't make the call. There are right. zero grounds to go well, back and make that call. Zero grounds, but not zero precedent. And that's kind of the issue here is and, if you remember, Richarlison didn't play last week. And the reason why is some, some shit that he did like 10 games ago for Everton. But they just took their sweet ass <laughs> time in dishing out that one game suspension until after he signed for Spurs. So what I'm saying is that it would not put it past the rules committee or whoever the fuck it is that hands out the suspensions to go and say, yeah, that's 100% something that you got to sit down for. Wouldn't shock me. The other thing is, Andrew, is it wouldn't shock me if we see Conte have to miss a match or three. Well, so that's what I was going to get to next. The, the funny thing about R- the Romero thing, they'll probably wait a month and, and ban him right before a stretch uh, against City, Leicester, and Arsenal, and, and that'll be the three games uh-huh. they'll have to miss or something like that, knowing knowing our luck. But the, the real ironic part of this is we, we did make a note in our uh, WhatsApp chat before the game that you know, Clement Longley was was out of the game with a knock, and instead we saw uh, Jaffa Tanganga on the bench, which was, which was a little surprising. And there was an argument in our group oh, chat, no. mostly between myself uh, and Dakota on one side, and the the wonderful Scott, uh, who was totally anti Davis Sanchez seeing the pitch at all. And I'm like, well, the guy did sub in nicely for Romero last year at the tail end of the season he's like nope don't want him on the field don't don't get him out of here (laughs) and wouldn't it be ironic if (laughs) we see romero getting a match ban and he have to have to throw sanchez in there so i that's that is the funny part of all of this uh which i will remind scott of when we're done recording um the 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 managers let's get to that because yeah honestly (laughs) what would be great about all of this is if they go back and the only retroactive movement that the premier league takes this week is to rescind Antonio Conte's red card, because what the fuck did that guy do wrong? Like he was, <laughs> well, he saw aggression. He gave aggression. That's well, what exactly. Okay. okay. All right. So let's call it what it is. Antonio Conte get went over and bumped Tuchel when Tuchel was bitching at the fourth referee well, after, after Tuchel maybe didn't see the goal, Antonio just letting him know, hey, we just scored so he could yeah. update his statistics. In his and so, so that was the bump. Right. And then <laughs> after that, after the match, when Antonio was there with his hand out and uh, Tuchel tried to Billy Big Bollocks handshake him. And Antonio did the most gangster move you've ever seen, which is to <laughs> when someone does that, he looked at his hand and looked up at Tuchel and then pulled him closer. And it was hang, like, oh, that is the hardest move. Hang the screenshot in every single museum across the world. Like, what oh, a photograph. Like, oh, it's incredible. My God. I, have never been... I know some people have a thing for Conte, but especially after that moment. Goodness. <laughs> I, I have never been more turned on in my life. Like, holy <laughs> shit. What a moment. Because you've just, not only have you just completely stolen a point on the road in the most egregious way. <laughs> but now you're going to have the audacity to pull that guy's hand in, look at it, and then look up at him like, the fuck you doing, man? Let, <laughs> let go. Uh, that was incredible. Um, I, I, I cannot see. Look, Thomas Tuchel is completely justified in his anger. I get it. But you mm-hmm. cannot do that shit. You cannot pull on a guy's arm like that. You cannot. I mean, he was the instigator in the fisticuffs. And in my mind, look, I know there's if anyone's listening to this, that's not a Spurs fan. First of all, I don't know what you're doing here. Second of all, you're going to be accusing me of bias because I'm I'm obviously especially a half an hour in. Right. But I'm like, come on, man. Like, what are what are you doing? Like, Conte, I, I get the Conte was, was we don't know what was said. You're right. But it was just it was mind blowing to me that Conte like Conte went and shook his hand and then got pulled back. Like what the hell is the guy supposed to do there? It was insane. Yeah. Oh, what he's supposed to do is exactly what he did, which is a (laughs) hundred percent flex Conte muscle and hair plugs all over that guy. It was incredible. And uh, it made it like, it was just, okay. When you think back on the battle of the bridge, okay. That was like a seminal point in that season for us because it essentially ended our title chase of Lester in that season by not getting those three points. Okay. Yep. Um, but we, we remember those images of Spurs kind of like as that mean and nasty team kind of coming out of that moment, like no longer being the pushovers is what we took from that. But we were clearly bested by a better team in that moment. Today, I feel like we saw this team take another step 
which is to go to the worst possible place that they can go to on the road, be down twice in a match against a fierce rival, and battle back to get a scrappy point while kicking ass along the way. It's not something that this Tottenham team has done for a long, long time. And it's something that I think in the second game of the season is really going to help spur us on, no pun intended, especially after the lackluster offensive performance that we had today, to be frank. Um, But to be fair, on the backside of that, Andrew, this Chelsea defense is one of the best in the league. It's so, so, so good. And that's hard to argue. I think for me, when I'm thinking of how the tensions boiled over, especially with the, between the managers and, and everything, it, it honestly kind of reminds me of uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid back in, I think it's 2011, maybe um, where there was like what three classicos in 12 days or something like that. Cause they were paired up in the Copa del Rey and they were playing in the league at the same time. And uh, Pep Guardiola was managing Barcelona. Jose Mourinho was managing Real Madrid. And there was just this back and forth off the pitch between them. And then, you know, the Barcelona and Chelsea, uh, sorry, Barcelona and Real Madrid of it all uh, on the pitch. And it wouldn't surprise me if a similar thing happened week leading up to the return fixture of, of this match this season. I think we're going to see these managers not really hold back when talking about one another. And then it's going to be a really, really intense first 10, 15, 20 minutes. I think we're going to see a lot of slide tackles come in. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun is what I'm saying. Well, we heard at the time of the show the sarcasm sarcasm that that Antonio Conte had for for, for Tuchel's celebration. Like We heard that already. It was was great. Well, one of the things I want to ask you guys, um, apparently, obviously – Tuchel is very good at reading plays, and you see, you see that we are very predictable in our plays. And one of the things that they spoke about was that we need to be someone that, like an individual, a bit of chaos. And Richarlison, I wouldn't want to call him a chaos agent, but he is that. And I'm just, I'm just thinking, do you think that Basuma? Did we wait to bring him on to take too long, or do we think that he wasn't physically ready yet? I mean, because he had that injury. Came on for a little bit last week, coming on today for a little bit longer, maybe. Obviously, in a much more high, you know, much more intense game. So, what do you guys think? I think it's two things. I think, yeah, I think it's two things. One is, I mean, Conte's system, the automations and everything that go along with it, like it takes a while to learn. Like, you know, Basuma's, you know, I, I, you know, didn't go to to preseason. Like, it's gonna take, it's gonna take a minute, right? Um, The second thing that you got to think about on that is he had COVID. So you don't really know what his gas tank looks like right now. So maybe, you know, 20 minutes at the end of a high-intensity game is the next step in his progression is kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I thought the Richarlison sub, like I mentioned earlier, was it, it did inject something into this side. And the fact that the the formation changed, I really thought this was much more tactical, like Dakota said, and I can't wait to go back and look a little more. And I trust me, I, I'm no tactics master, but when I saw what Chelsea were doing down that right side with James and Loftus-Cheek in completely neutralizing Sun, I mean, Sun, Sun did not have a great game whatsoever and was obviously subbed off with about 11 minutes ago, which was surprising to me still, but I, I was also, you know... He, he just he, he wasn't able to get free at all. He wasn't able to stretch his legs and use his pace. Um, and the same went for Sessignon because of that. Sessignon really, I mean, just did, like you said, Todd, just did not have a great game whatsoever. I was calling for for Perisic really at halftime, and it, and it came too. not long after that. Yeah, um, I, I, uh, I, I was out at, at San Diego Spurs today at the Harp. Great turnout. Um, it, was, it was a really good time. Uh, but I, you know, the same sort of thing. I was calling for Sessignon to to have a seat in in for Perisage, um, early, Andrew, early, early, early. And so when the when the formation shifted, that actually made me smile a little bit. It was like kind of a keep him guessing thing. It was like for so long, Antonio. We had to watch Antonio Conte look over at his bench like old Mother Hubbard, and it was really cool to see him be able to look over there and go, "Hey, I'm gonna." 
I'm going to put on a Charleston right there, switch it up, see what old Tuchel does right here. Yeah, I to go off the back of that, Todd, really quickly, I want to correct myself with my facts. So it was four Classicos in 17 days back in 2011. One was in the league, one was Copa del Rey final, and then a two-legged Champions League semifinal. Uh, seven goals, 167 fouls, 24 yellows, and four <laughs> reds in those four matches. Holy so. Christ. I think I'm really we're, glad we're not scheduled to play Chelsea again until February man. 25th. Like, yeah, yeah. But Thank I think goodness. we're 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 building up to that sort of tension uh, with with how this game ended. But Todd, you mentioned our our depth a little bit, and I've got Scott's not here, so I'm going to give a Scott Scott's hot take. Let's go. Um, one of them will be a mild hot, and the other I think will be a little picante, a little spicy. <laughs> All right. Um, Perisic is starting over Sessegnon. Against yeah. Wolves on Saturday. Against Wolves, okay. And uh, Richarlison is going to start over Youngman's son against Wolves on Saturday as well. Yeah, I would agree a with a lot of those South Korean guys that turn up early. That's going to be I'm really pissed. I definitely think that's a mild spice and a and a spice spice take. I agree with you yeah, on I, your assessment, on your think, pre-assessment well, there. Yeah, the only reason why I say that. Uh, I don't think it's it's my I, yeah I I think that that's pretty straight down the middle that's like ketchup spicy like I think Parisich is about time he gets a start here, uh, but I don't think that you uh, like there was there was literally something on social media like two days ago about you know Conte saying you don't bench Hungman some like it's just I hear you but he's not he's not had two he's had two not great games in a row and I think it, if nothing else it is a little bit of a nudge to. Youngman son and Harry Kane for that for that matter that you've got to show up because we've got guys on the bench who can come in and and do some stuff for us and I'm not saying okay. Youngman son sits the full ninety obviously that's outrageous that's ridiculous yeah but, no I got you but I think showing our our muscle too that you know we Richarlison can come on and he can give us an hour and then we have the ability to bring human son off the bench and run at your back lines, tired legs for the final 30 is, which is, is, something which is very about. similar to what Richarlison did today. I mean, that's exactly yeah. what happened. And he did. He's he quite did physical. The real physicality of Richarlison, he's kind of the person that really gets into people's faces. Like Romero does basically. We Romero does not more than that, but I mean, he will do that. And I think, I think that decision will be based on, what do I need more? Because I don't think Conte is the kind of person that would look at the, what do you call it? Oh, you didn't buy that game, so I'm dropping you for this game. It's more of a case of he'll look, look at training, see what's going to happen next, and then from there, make his decision. So I think, I think, I don't, I, I think definitely with Perisic, I definitely, unfortunately, I hate to, hate to agree with Dakota, but yes, I think it will be um, Perisic starting next week. I, I plus I, I think he's, he's merited it. I think, Something like Ryan Sessegnon, I think, I wouldn't say benching him because you know, he's tired because only two games in, but I just think this is where you really want to see Perisic really come in, show his class. And I don't know if you guys saw the early game between Forrest and um, uh, West Ham. Do you guys get to see that, I'm sure I'll say? The reason I asked that is because I saw Nico Williams and he was playing as their, their right fullback and he was doing really well for them. I'm thinking, well, and this is a guy that wasn't really getting in because of Jed Spence. So it kind of has me optimistic that we might see, depending on how training goes, but I think I'm hoping we'll see a lot more Jed Spence because just as a signing, I was so impressed by Nico Williams, who was only 21. And I've seen him a little bit for Wales. So I've seen him play well for Wales, but I've not seen him play in the Premier League, obviously, till today. And I was just very impressed by him. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if we do see Jed Spence as well feature next week. Yeah, that'd be that'd be really interesting. I thought it was interesting he didn't make the bench today. Um, but you know, he was he did travel, so he was at the bridge. I think I, I think maybe Conte saw and he knows the atmosphere, he knows what kind of game this was gonna be, and maybe it was just a little bit much for a player as young and, and not as experienced as Jed. And that's totally fair. But yeah, bring him along so he knows what the atmosphere is like because Hopefully, you know, sooner than later, he's going to be he's going to be playing on the pitch uh, during games like this. And I, I wanted to ask you guys a question about Perisic real quick, because I think I saw something during the match, but I'm not super sure. Uh, did he take a free kick with his right foot and then take a corner with his left foot? 
Did that yeah. happen? I saw that. I saw that. It's a, That's you know, he unreal. was in a swing up. The guy is so, I mean, I haven't seen, in terms of two-footedness, but literally to be able to take free kicks or corners, that basically by the foot, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I knew how good Perisic was because I remember seeing him at the World Cup and I thought, wow, this guy's, you know what I mean? It's really tasty, but for some reason, nobody was able to pick him up from Inter. And it wasn't for lack of trying. I mean, Jose, Jose did try and he was told no. And we, always, we, saw, <laughs> happen a few, well, we saw what happened a few months later with you know, Jose. But uh, no, and it's surprising that no one's actually called him a Perisic before because he went to Bayern Munich and he won the Champions League with them. Obviously, that was the year, I forgot the name of the Canadian lad that, that plays for uh, Bayern Munich. Alfonso Davis. Alfonso Davis. And he had, obviously had that, that was his breakout season. But Perisic was definitely a part of the Champions League winning squad. But believe me, I'm glad that everyone else has slept on him because he, this guy, not just as his, just as his ability, because like, we, we, we saw him, you know, you know, he's got that, you know, the guy's physically a, a monster. He says kept himself in very good shape. But as a professional, I mean, literally, I think was it last week, he gave advice to the person who's his rival. Because if yeah. Sessegnon does well, that makes it harder for him to get into. The, that makes it harder. Look, it's a team game, but he was like, no, I want to help this guy get in. And that level of experience, I don't see. I mean, obviously, Lloris has got it. Obviously, he's won the World Cup. Uh, Kane, obviously, he's gone deep into, you know, obviously, with England anyway. But at a club level, to play, to have that level of just, I want to say winning mentality, but to have that level of like, do you know what? doesn't matter. It's all about the team. That's something that's yeah. really something I'm really looking forward to seeing and seeing that start next week. But that, yeah. that's, a, that's exactly what he was brought in to do, though, was to, you know, be the stopgap. Um, the club is finalizing today this deal for uh, Destiny Udogi um, that is kind of the you know, hopefully the left back slash left wing back of the future. He's going to go back out on loan, uh, similar to the Papa Mate Sar deal from last season. So, you know, this is definitely a stopgap, but he's here to 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 bring Ryan Sessian along and and obviously contribute on the pitch like he did today with a with a equalizing assist off of the off of the corner late. Um, the other thing that we did not mention so far yet uh, today is that we also got to see another uh, new wing back sub lucas mora came in <laughs> late in the match and played some right wing back my goodness uh dakota any any thoughts on lucas mora's 10 to 15 minutes as a right wing back or can we move on um now nah, we can move on <laughs> okay good all i'll say is this though lucas mora is a chaos agent yeah and 100%. that's what he does that's what he does. What makes think... you say that? Has he ever done anything that would <laughs> lead you to believe that he could change a game or turn it on? Yeah. I, obviously, no. I I laughed when he came on because I was like, oh, my goodness, that's that's going to be our last sub, really. But, uh, yeah, that was a thing that happened, certainly. I feel for Dorothy, though. Dorothy's like yeah. thinking, what the hell am I doing? Because I'm like, well, this is my natural position. This is what it, I do. Know, it's in, it's interesting with Doherty. I can't remember. Did, did Doherty play at all last week? Yeah, he came, he, on, he late, came right? on for the last on. five minutes. Yeah, I'm he, I'm curious about Doherty's health right now because we forget yeah. this guy tore his ACL or tore something his whole knee only a couple months ago. <laughs> I mean, it, it has not been very long, so I'm curious yeah. if he's still getting himself, you know, back to where he wants to. Um, I, th- I, th- I think that's more more what it is, um, yeah. especially and man, he might be healthy enough to play, but you don't put him in. 82 minutes in to a match like this that's going the way that it is. Because I'll tell you just, what you do if he he's healthy enough. Again. If he's healthy enough, you throw him out there next week against his old club and see what he totally. can do. Like wouldn't For wouldn't sure. that be wouldn't that be something? Um before we we touch on that next match, I just wanted to mention too Harry Kane's goal, which I think is going to stand as his goal. I you know, it did come off Reese James. There may be some video evidence that proves that that was going wide. I'm not 100% sure. But as of right now, as of this recording, uh, Harry Kane's 184th Premier League goal, tying him with Sergio Aguero uh, for the most. and uh, Fourth all-time, yep. For fourth all-time, yeah. So, like, Harry Kane, what what can you say? And and one goal contribution in two games for him. One one goal contribution for that guy, one goal contribution uh, for uh, Kyungmin Sun as well. He had an assist last week. 
Um, and like I mentioned earlier, nine different guys have contributed two goals in the first two games that is that is some depth and we should you know we showed off that depth today and showed it off last week especially being able to use five subs it's really something and well, last year we're over relying on them aren't we last year we we're very over reliant that's from La- the last weeks. last yeah. last yeah last three years i'd say we've been yeah. relying yeah. on them yeah for sure and so and so, and so could you imagine if we're, we're i'm not so often not top of the league now but we've done pretty well four points out of six half games we didn't win last year and this is with Kane and Son not really firing as they fully have been over yeah. the last two years. Imagine if they do. But more importantly, it takes the pressure off. And it says, it says to the other players, do you know what? You know, these two aren't doing it. We need to know that you can step up. And they have done. Because Conte said it's not about the best 11. It's about the best 20 or 22. I, I'm paraphrasing here. But yeah, you know I mean, it's about that squad. And that's what they've been doing. And Perisic... I mean, he must have seen so many, you know, winning squads at Bayern and Inter, and he knows his shit. And he can say, look, and as a professional, when you're you're training with someone week in week out, that trains at that level. So yeah. Uh, real quick, last note about Harry Kane's goal. Uh, it gives him forty-two goals in London derbies. Only one player has ever scored more, and that's Thierry Henry. He only has one more. He is 43. So Kane's taking down another big record this year and it's London Derby goals. Uh, be, be pretty sweet if he, if he did it against Arsenal, but uh, I don't know what our schedule looks like, but let's hope if, if we play more than two London derbies between us and Arsenal, let's hope that he breaks it before. Well, John, I'm hoping for, I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't try to take more free kicks. As long as we don't see Harry Kane on free kicks, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> Uh, it's Wolves next, guys. Uh, Wolves at home on Saturday, an early game, early lunchtime, early freaking morning for, for us uh, Pacific coasters. Uh, so that'll be what's next. Wolves have, have had a, a stumble out of the blocks. They drew yesterday with Fulham after losing last week um, and really were kind of, I think, lucky to draw. There was a missed penalty late for Fulham in that match yesterday. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll see about Wolves, you know. Wolves are always kind of I don't want to call them a bogey team but you know they they're they're a tricky out, outfit sometimes but we'll we'll have to find out what comes of it um but more I've noticed that Matinho didn't play for them yesterday he didn't start I don't know if he came on after. No no Jao Matinho he didn't start for them I think oh, Ruben oh. Neves it was Ruben Neves and then Danko in that midfield Matinho he's now what 34 now yeah, and there, there's there, there's a lot, yeah he's played a lot in the Premier League, and that will put a shitload of miles in your clock. Yeah, and Matinho is dealing with a foot injury as well. So, and Jimenez, I think he's um, I don't know, if he's, is he injured or because they were he's playing injured. that he's, he's injured. Yep, he's injured as well. He's got a knee. He's got a knee, and and not expected to be back for next week. So, so it'd be interesting because I know they've signed some. I think uh, the the you'll know some Valencia player or Sevilla striker. Yeah, I. Yeah, he came from Valencia, Gonzalo Guedes. Um, he's he's good, serviceable. I think he is a really good player for a mid-table Premier League team, which Wolves kind of fit right into that. So yep. he's definitely going to add to their team, um, but I don't think he's going to be a player that single-handedly raises them up a, you know, two, three spots uh, on, on the table. Wait a minute. We said that some people said that that day in Kulikovsky and Rodrigo Benson call last year. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, all the caveats, but that's just my opinion, and I'm wrong a lot. So you're wrong almost um, as much uh, as Scott is, and and, <laughs> and 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 whether or not he hears this will prove him whether or not he listens to the pod. Um, True. no, this, this match game with him. It's got to be. It's got to be, be. It's got to be three points. I mean, it's it's one of those matches yep. that. If Spurs are going to places that we want them to go, these are the kinds of matches that you cannot slip on, especially at home. So we'll see what comes of it. Um, wanted to get some transfer talk in here before we get we get going because obviously this is still a thing that's happening. This transfer window that feels <laughs> it's weird. It feels like the longest transfer window ever because Spurs have done so much GD business during it. But um, uh, we, we mentioned Destiny Adogi that deal being finalized. Adogi. Idoji or Ido? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Idoji. 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 Ido
I, I, he's got that dog in him. We know that. So like, we'll, <laughs> we'll just go with that. But um, officially today, Giovanni Lo Celso gone out on loan to it's Villarreal, right? Villarreal. Uh, and Yellow submarine. no, no, no um, buy option included of any kind. But there is a reportedly a deal where in January, if a team comes in, Spurs will be allowed to break the deal. And, and obviously, as long as the player agrees, uh, ship him off, off permanently. Um, good business for the club, in my opinion. There's there's hopefully more to come in terms of the outgoings. Um, there's a lot of rumors about Tongi and Dombele to Napoli. I know that uh, Roma were also interested at one point. So keep 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 this thing churning and keep these guys moving outwards, right? Well, Villarreal, I think the population of Villarreal is about 75,000. They're, like they're not in a big town, so they don't actually do those big, massive deals. They just can't physically afford to do them. And so I think, for me, it was Unai Emery rates him. He, the team's built around him last year, so they've probably looked to build around him this year. He also hasn't played in many games, so he'll have to get a match fit and everything else. But no, why not? He has a good World Cup. Yeah, we, yeah, someone like Real Madrid will come a calling and wants to buy him. And believe me, we'll charge you. Yeah, we'll flip him for 100 million or something. I don't know. <laughs> Man, if we're selling him for 100 million, uh, he must have had some some World Cup, and I bet a lot of Argentinians yeah. would be happy. Um, yeah, I think good business right now to you, Andrew. Um, the main thing right now is just shipping shipping guys out that are su- surplus to requirements and um you know fairly or unfairly have been training by themselves based on reports um so yeah those those guys getting out of the club is uh priority right now um you know i think all of us would be happy to see one or two more come in in certain positions but these guys getting out is just as important as all the business we did early on bringing guys in uh, in the window, well, and I mean, we saw even in January when Conte came in, and those guys initially went out on loan. We saw the effect that it had um, on the team. So let's keep that train rolling. Well, you think we're being harsh or ruthless, but considering what Barca are trying to do to to Braithwaite and De Jong, I think we're yeah, being quite same in comparison. Unreal. Yeah, I mean, if you've been watching the the Arsenal documentary, which I have while snickering behind my hand, um, it's <laughs> like. They they just went through all the Obama Yang stuff in the doc that that went down with them last year. It was very um, awkward to say the least. And this is, you know, bordering on some of that. It's like, yeah, we don't really want you here, so go go on now, fly fly little birdies, like <laughs> fly fly the coop. But uh, at, you know, we'll have to see. There's still another couple of weeks here uh, to get any business done, which is uh, much appreciated and and trying to trying to move folks on. Although, let's be honest. We do know that if if Ryan Mason is forced into to, to, to start it. to start uh, or to, to manage the it. club next week at Wolves, we all know Harry Winks is in that eleven. Come on, <laughs> that's, that's that's bound to happen. Uh, um, uh, before we truly do get out of here, uh, we, we got a new kit this week, and hey. we have we have our resident. By the way, if you've been listening to this podcast this deep and haven't heard Todd's voice in a moment, he did have to duck out. Uh, so it's just me and Dakota and Shuban left, but. We we have we have another kit to talk about, and we know that Dakota is the resident uh, horrible kit opinionist. So because he, because he likes this year's away kit, um, but I don't want to talk about the away kit. I want to talk about the third kit, which I think is dope as shit. What are your thoughts, Dakota? Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I wit my only only gripe with it, and it might be more gripe with the shorts than uh, than the actual kit. Is I wish the accents were black instead of white. Um, but I, it, it's fine. It's good. I like it. Uh, third kit. It's our third best kit. Away kit is number one, obviously. And then the home kit after that. And then this kit, um, the home kit and the third one are close. Um, but there's a massive gap between the, between the, the, that, those two and the, the away kit, obviously. Um, but yeah, I like it. It's cool. I think it's going to be our, our European away kit, um, similar to, Kind of our, our green kit with the map of London when we had the Champions League final run, um, which I like that. I like kind of having a different away kit or second kit, uh, alternate kit, whatever, for Europe versus for the league and, and all that stuff. I, I, cool concept. I like it. Uh, good job, Nike. So, Which is yeah. not something we can say very often. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. I like it. It's fine. It's cool. 
it's different. I I think with our with the tradition that that Spurs have of just a white home kit, you've got to you've got to take some risks and take some leaps and try some things, be creative uh, with the other two. And I, they've been doing that the last few years, and I love it. I think it's I think it's fun. This third kit's the only one I'm getting this season. That's uh that's that's the one I I ordered it already. I I love it. I think it's fun. So that's I'm I'm on board with it. And I actually really like the the light blue pants or shorts rather. Pants. Uh, I, I'm not uh I'm not I'm I'm not opposed to that sky blue color. Uh, on no, yeah, I like it. Others it's others good. wanted the white or or something darker. Even I, no, I'm on board. Although I'm looking at the schedule, I think that. The next time we might see Spurs out of white would would be like possibly away to City on September 10th. Like that's the only possible time. Yeah, I can but, think. but even but even then, sometimes they that. just yeah. Even then, sometimes they just wear white away to City uh, and get away with that. So I don't I don't know. Shubhan, you got any kit thoughts or or, or are you just like kind of rolling your eyes <laughs> about us having this conversation? <laughs> I, I I really couldn't get a shit host. Sorry, it's just not. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I mean, look. I um, I'm very glad that AJ was um, featured. Uh, AJ um, is a huge Spurs fan. He went out to went to South Korea. Um, he was. I think he, he. I think he'll be one of the guys for the NFL Stadium things. So they're gonna have him do like a halftime segment. Nice. So he's he's someone that you know. So yeah, I mean, I'm glad that he was featured, but. For me, you know, I think Todd said this last year, I think, if the kit gets you to the Champions League final and we end up winning it, everyone's going to love it. So if we wear the scuba diver kit and beat Real Madrid yeah. in the Champions League final, then yeah, everyone's going to love it. But, um, <laughs> that, is, that is Dakota's I, um, dream. I, I mean, right now I'm wearing a, a Milwaukee Spurs tee. I've got like a, a new Arizona Spurs tee coming. Oh, by the way, if you haven't seen it already, uh, Steve from the Arizona Spurs is doing these really nice kits, which I've got. Like I think it's uh, a stadium thing and another kind of thing going with it, which is really nice because that was, well not only does it is it a nice piece of bit of kit, it does help a, a sports club, and I think sports clubs are very important to the community. Um, I think uh, I think there was a problem at Arlington Spurs; they had a bit of a problem, and that they're mm-hmm. basically trying to get money together to help their pub. And um, I said um, I think I, I I don't know if I can mention this, but. Uh, a good friend of mine, Kales from Columbus Spurs. She was out in Louisville. Our, our beloved Kaz, perfect Kaz. She's out in Louis, Louisville. Louisville, Louisville. I, do, I don't know how you say it. But, you're gonna um, hate. You're, you're gonna uh, hate. You're 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 you're, you're gonna. You're, you might as well just like mute so you don't scream into the mic. Are you ready? It's Louisville. <laughs> just the just okay. the stunned silence. Um, it's yeah. It's 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 Louisville, it's Louisville. Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's, okay, it's well, an audio okay, medium. It's an audio medium, Shuban. You've got to react yeah, to that pronunciation. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, well, anyway, but I just want to say thank you. I'm just saying that supports clubs, whether it be in this country, uh, in Europe, China, all over, they are the lifeblood of you know getting Spurs together, and especially you know, well, especially for like your early game next week, it's at three in the morning. So please tip the shit out of your bartenders because they may get up really early. Yeah. And um, Absolutely. yeah, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, shout out to the city of Louisville hosting the women's cup this week. Caroline is there. Uh, she is going to have all kinds of coverage. Uh, Spurs ladies play uh, club America tonight, right? In the C. women's cup. Um, so we're going to sign off here and I'm going to edit the pod while watching that here in a little bit. Um, but uh, keep, keep eyes peeled on this space. We're going to try and have a little bit more coverage of that this week. Uh, as that goes on Spurs ladies, uh, doing their, their preseason tour. Uh, I guess it's not really a tour. It's more just a stop because they're playing. Yeah, all these games tournament. In Louisville. I keep referring to it as a preseason tour and they're not touring. <laughs> They've come to Louisville. They're playing in Louisville. Uh, and, uh, it's a number of 10, I think it's like six, six or eight teams there that have gathered and, uh, they're six. playing a little tournament there. And it's yes, should be a blast. So we're going to, we're going to tune into that. And the, the late, the Spurs women season is uh, right around the corner. They're getting going here uh, in like another couple of weeks. So we're going to have a lot more coverage on them as well with the help of Caroline, who, like I said, is just like wedged herself right in there. She shout out to Caroline for, I believe it was her and her mother drove 16 hours from San Antonio, Texas to Louisville um, over the last few days to, to, to go to this event. 
really, really cool, really dedicated. A lot of, a lot of people, have, a lot of Spurs fans um, have traveled to Louisville this week, which is really awesome. And we can't mm-hmm. wait to see uh, all the fun that they're having. I know Ledley King is there as well as a club ambassador. So um, just really great stuff all around. And, and like I said, we're going to attempt to have a little bit more coverage on that later in the week. So keep eyes peeled to this space. Yeah. And if you're nearby Louisville, Within driving distance, um, the there's three matches being played on Wednesday. Yep, uh, starting at two and going all the way through like seven. Um, tickets are like twenty dollars, so get yourself a ticket. Go watch the ladies play. Meet Caroline and and uh, just have a have a really good time supporting. Will there be access to um for that Spurs like would it would there be, would there be like fan meet and greets as well? I don't know. So they did some of that stuff this weekend. I don't know how much of that will be available uh, throughout the week, but you never know. They might be in the stands watching the rest of the games. If anything, tweet at CG Stefko and, and try go. and go try and go get a meet and greet with with Caroline because um, she's careful though. She charges with... big bucks for those. Yeah, yeah. Autographs are even more. So be 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 really cautious <laughs> of all of that. So uh, yeah, but like I said, watch this space and uh, we'll be back with you guys next weekend, maybe even before with another episode of the Tottenham Depot. Uh, Todd is at TC underscore show. Shuban is at the real Shuban. Dakota is at Dakota J Booth and I am at Ace Dead. More importantly, follow us on the socials at Tottenham Depot. Leave a rating and review on your podcasting app of choice. Until next week, following Wolves, this has been the Tottenham Depot podcast. As always, come on you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs.